Hey everybody, we got a great episode coming up today. We have Dan Blacken from Rockerhead Productions one more time, and we're going to talk about the 48-hour film competition. Studio Salad. Hey everybody, Dan Black is back. The Hi. Dan Black attack. Back. <laughs> Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. All right. What's going nice. on? Oh, oh, not much. Just got not done much. the forty-hour yeah. film festival. Oh, before we start, we just uh, mm. yesterday was a very special day. Was it? Was it twenty-seven years ago? Tom Tom evacuated his mother's womb. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that's right. I did. It took me a long time to get out there too. Let me tell you, mm. long time. But I can't, I made it, and I'm alive. Here you are, and here I am breathing. That's that's what birthdays are. It's a celebration. You made it another year. Yeah, but what the hell is a year, if you think about it? It's a one revolution around the sun. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, it's like 364.25 days or something like that. Well, know. Is that where leap year comes into play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. But anyways, Dan's here, and uh, you guys uh, are going to talk about the 48-hour film project. So what is that? Well, um, the 48-hour film project is this little uh, clusterfuck of a thing that they give us every year. Um, it goes around uh, nationwide, but um, this past weekend it happened in Boston. And um, what happens is is you have to get a crew together. Um, and at like 7 o'clock on a, on a Friday night, they uh, give you a pamphlet that tells you um, a type of film that your crew has to make, and it has to be between four to what, seven minutes at the time? Uh, yes, four to seven minutes is the cutoff. In length. And eight, then Eight minutes. And so you have to, um, whatever's in the pamphlet, you have to do. So, like, they'll give you a uh, prop that you have to use, a line of dialogue, a um, possibly a character, and a genre you have to film in. And you have oh, to get it done. Cool. Within forty-eight hours. Now, quick question: Does everyone everyone gets the same character line of dialogue and prop? Right? No. 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 It changes. Um, no, actually, maybe they do, but it's the genre that changes. Oh, it's so it's all driven from the genre that depends on what your other items are. I believe so. Yes. Ah, okay. Interesting. Yes. Yes. All right. Very cool. Uh, and so, uh, seven o'clock on Friday is when this mm. when this commences. You get your envelope. Yep. Uh, and then what happens? You head into the pre-production phase of this 48 hours. Yeah, well, we already spent some time um, like producing it before it, 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 we get the envelope and this up. So we try to find locations that mm. we're gonna, we think we could use, um, cast and crew. This year we worked with a cast that we've never worked with before. Um, it's also a great uh, time to try out new things that you wouldn't normally do. Um, when you had like a, a larger budget, but just something you can get friends together, try some stuff out, see what works, see what doesn't, and actually see what people are made of, of people you want to work with in the future or not, because you're going to be with them yeah. in a crammed room together probably for 48 hours and now, smelling like sausage after. Now, now you're, you, you were talking about how you kind of went ahead and found locations ahead of time. How can you do that if you don't know kind of what genre of movie it's going to be? You find massive amounts of locations. Oh, so okay. we, we try, so try to, to cover all bases. Yeah, I mean, it depends. We, you try to find um, locations that actually have like production value to it, right? And so everyone's got a obviously a, a house that you can film in, right? I mean, yeah. in some way, that's probably one of the easiest things you can film in. That and maybe like the woods or outside somewhere, right? So I got a story for you later on. Okay. Oh, tell it now. Why not? Why, why can we do it now? I mean, it does have to do with film. 
So, I so mean, just it's, go it's ahead fucking, and you just cut I, Dan I, I, no, off. So let's just hear it. I don't want to cut Dan off. You've already done it. Now we're, we're off track. All right. Well, we're talking about locations and blah, 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 blah. You know my friend Amanda. Yeah. Um, her and her boyfriend Greg just bought, um, not bought, but are renting a. Oh, Tom, just a reminder, I got to tell you a story. And oh, okay. Oh, let's hear your story. Well, oh, okay, okay. Now we're off track, Dan. What do you got for no, me? No, let's go with Jimmy's and we'll come back to me. I was just being an asshole. I'm All right, let's bring it around. <laughs> All right. I'm the asshole. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so they're renting an apartment in Quincy. Uh, the landlord approached them and said, hey, they're, they're, this movie company scouting locations and they want to check out your apartment. And they were like, all right, guess who they're scouting for? Who? Fucking Johnny Depp. Really? Yeah. Jeez. So Johnny Depp might be in their apartment. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, the likelihood of that apartment being selected is thin. I know, but it's still pretty But exciting. it's there. It's, it's yeah. more than, than the chances of him coming to my apartment. <laughs> Greg, was sure. like, Greg was like, I don't care. I'll, I'll stand there. I'll do anything. Just... Just I want to be there. You know? <laughs> oh, Anyways, back right. to you, Dan. Uh, okay, so where was there? Here's Dan so, with oh, the so, weather. So scouting locations, right? Yes. And so what we try to do is we try to find uh, locations that actually have some type of production value. So if you know anybody that has, like, say, like a, a, a large garage or, uh, or you know, uh, offices or, you know, just like really unique places that can kind of have characters by themselves. Um, like warehouses is a great thing to do. I have oh, a yeah. recording studio. That would have been freaking cool. That'd have been cool. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Yeah, appreciate. <laughs> well, it. I mean, unless it was a uh, a movie about being a rock star, I guess. You know. <laughs> this is where rock stars come to, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Lots of rock stars come through but, here. But you know, that's one of the cool things about it. So, like, you could you could say, okay, I found this location. It's a it's a recording studio, right? And then all of a sudden, you get the genre horror. You know, it's just like, oh. Okay. Yeah, so, murders so, in the recording studio. So now I have to, yeah, exactly. So now I have to make this horror in the recording studio, you know? Or like, you know. Yeah, you don't want to back yourself into a corner too far. Well, sometimes it is a horror show in here. Ha! Oh, <laughs> oh God. That was, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, was, I like that. Yeah, did you? Did you appreciate that one? Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. Dan's eyes said differently. I not as much as some people, but uh, uh, yeah. No, that was good. That was fine. Uh, taking a step back real quick, what, uh, what made you decide to even do this? Uh... Aaron Bouchard, um, it was a friend of mine. He, he friend of the podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast. He he watches it. He's probably like one of your best fans, right? I mean, he watches. He listens to every. He's the single podcast. He's the one who listens to them all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you know, um, known Aaron for a long time. Feel sorry for him, and you know, he asked me to do it, and uh, and uh, you know, uh, I said, yeah, let's do it, man. And so he ended up actually um, kicking everyone's ass and putting in gear and actually assembling uh, this crew. Um, and it was a large crew. I mean, we had 12 crew members, and then we had another 12 um, actors. So on set, uh, when we were at our you know, climax, there was about 24 people. Oh, that's crazy. It was pretty good, especially when you have knives, fire, in the wood, ticks. Now, how do you get that many people interested in something and not getting paid, you know? People are weird, man. Yeah? That's one of the craziest things. It's like, it's one of the, one of the awesome things about... Um, at least being like an independent filmmaker or um you know just doing a project like the 48 right everyone knows it's a it's boot camp i mean it's like a kicking your ass type mentality and people are just so like giving of their time and and patience and they don't really ask for much in return except for like let's all try to work with each other create a good product and we'll see what happens cuz you know when you do projects like this you know things usually 
coming together because you can network at these projects. Yeah, people can see your work ethic and stuff right, like yeah. that. It's a good, ne- yeah, it's a good networking exercise, and it might lead, like you said, to more work. Yeah, it's paid what, work. Yeah. I, I was saying that earlier too. It's just like, well, it's time for people to cash in their favors or for people to accrue favors from other people. Yeah, like it, it, it kind of boils down to that. Yeah, on, on top of you know the the drive of of completing something that's you know near impossible to think about. So now, how did this dickhole to my right get involved? Um, well, I work with Tom at Real Cool TV. And he's <laughs> Real Cool editor, TV, right? Yeah. Um, and then so uh, we usually with people that um, have edited us for us in the past wanted to try new things, and um, you know, and so that position freed up, and you know, Tom was the first thing we person we thought of. You know, yeah. he's competent. You know, knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for a while, and uh, and um, he just understands the movie making process. Thanks, so, Dan. Yeah, hey, no problem, man. Appreciate that. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> so, so as yeah. far as pre- pre-production, you have 48 hours to do this thing. Did you sit down and kind of go like, all right, we're going to block out this many hours to you know, write the script or whatever. We're going to block out this many hours to shoot. Or did you kind of break off into teams and each yeah. person did a separate kind of... Well, we started to. We did like a tentative blocking list, right? Okay. And so I had like four hours to write or this many hours to write. I can get some sleep. But like, like any production, I mean, shit usually goes by the wayside for whatever reason. You know, usually about five minutes in, everything you've planned for goes to shit. Yeah, and and like, and you know, the thing is too is like, what happens? You get a you get a horror, and you weren't expecting horror, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, shit. Uh, okay, we're thinking about this. We and okay, now we need locations that are in like a town that's an hour away. So yeah. we got to ship twenty four people an hour away. So we lose two hours. So we got to go back and forth. I mean. That is just crazy stuff. And what happens if, like, you didn't write as fast as you thought you could? Or you didn't start writing until, because you didn't have the story fledged out in your mind until, like, 12.30, and you don't get done until 4.30 in the morning. And then at 6.30, you got to go drive to this new location that you just wrote for. So the shit changes all the time. So now, was this balls to the wall, like, 48 hours straight? Were you guys up? Like, how much sleep did you guys get? Certain people were. So, like, we try not to burn too many people out because a lot of people are going to get burned out. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I stayed up pretty much through um, Friday night and Saturday, all the way till Saturday night. I didn't get to bed till Sunday morning, probably like around, around five in the morning. So, last time I went to bed before Sunday morning was Thursday night. So I spent yeah. like two nights were just working on the project. Yeah, and you also kind of one of the uh, limitations is you had a bit of a window for one of the scenes I won't mention, but it's at nighttime. Like there's only <laughs> one night. One night you had an opportunity to do that. Well, it's even worse if it's during the day. You've only got so much daylight. And, That's true. You know, mm-hmm. it's even worse that way because at least if it's a nighttime, you can prepare for that during the course of the day. Like oh, it's, yeah. getting, it's getting dark, but once it, once it's getting dark, there's no reversing that process. Well, I think. I think you mentioned this before too. Is the thing about shooting at night is you don't have to worry about the sun going across the sky. Yeah, and yep. changing the lighting in a in a in a certain scene. But one thing that's really cool, and I really like, the more I do it, the more I enjoy shooting at night. Even though it's more you have to prep for in terms of lighting. Yeah. But like, there's some there's some type of production value about night, especially if you're doing something like a horror, which is what we got. Um, you know, because it just it just gets rid of all those um, intangibles that can ruin your shot. Mm. Or like you know, and it just kind of like aids you when you're doing a genre piece like that. Well, so it's really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. So it helped us out, hurt us, and helped us out. So who puts this whole thing together? This whole forty-eight hour project. Um. So you have the forty-eight hour. Um. You know the entity that is the forty-eight hours, and then what happens is you have local producers in each city. 
So you have a Boston producer, you have a Philadelphia producer, you have you know San Francisco producer. Oh, so this is like a national thing. Oh, oh yeah, this yeah, is it's yeah. international actually. They do yeah. in in Europe too, like London, Bombay. I mean, it's everywhere. It's Holy everywhere. Hell. And I think I read on the website, um, like the best of the best from Forty Eight go to Cannes Film Festival, right? Yeah. You okay, can. so this is like a like a competition. I mean, it, it's a competition. obviously a competition, but I didn't realize there was like a progression to it. Like, so I'm I'm guessing this is like you know the district. And you win that, and you yep. get entered into yeah. the national one, and then the national semifinals. Keep, and... Yep, and there's a lot. There's a ladder to climb, and there's uh, awards to win. You know, ah, just up. like the Guitar Center drum off that I lose every year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly like that. Exactly <laughs> like that. Yes, correct. It's not as big. Not as big. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a good experience. So I mean, and so one thing that's it's interesting that you put brought it up because the producers of the this year's Boston 48 Hour Film Festival, when we were shooting, um. I think it was Saturday morning. They actually found us, came in, and took pictures of us. So right now we're all on their Twitter feed and on their Facebook feed. So oh, it's pretty uh, interesting. Do the producers change annually? I don't know. Or is know it, oh, okay. Well, because that's cool that they get involved. Like, oh, wait, you guys are shooting here. Let's go. Let's take some pictures. Let's get some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So now, is is it, is the 48-hour window the same weekend every year? Uh, no, it changes. It changes... Because what it usually does is it corresponds to other cities as well. Okay. And so, like, in October uh, in Providence is usually when they do it or something Yeah, like it's that. sometime in the fall, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, that would be cool to kind of different times of the year. So maybe you could do, like, a blizzard-type thing or a fall. Yeah. Or... Well, and, and we're fortunate to be in a, in a very – in a place where there's a lot of cities that we could potentially yeah. uh Yeah, because New England, with. I yeah. mean – you can literally join up to any New England city, and it's you know three four hours away. Uh, so so you could really do a lot of it. I mean, as opposed to people in Midwest, you know, in these larger states, that probably can't have access to more than one of these competitions. <laughs> that's true. Wisconsin, and, there's no one in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, that's what. <laughs> yeah, fuck that place. Um, as far as location. Did you kind of stick to one area? Were you all over the place? Were people were the people from all over the place, or were they from a concentrated area? Yeah, or? I mean, we had people from uh, New Hampshire, uh, Mass, and Rhode Island, and Vermont. So, I mean, we had people from all over the place on our shoot. Um, and how did you get connected with these people? Because we have friends that are on crew sets and have worked with these people okay, before, cool. and worked with so, so it's all networking. Just smorgasbord, and you know, yeah. um, I got some more Facebook friends because of it. I'm very, very grateful. I didn't make one single Facebook friend. Actually, you know who Facebook friend? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'll be yeah. a Facebook friend, Tom. You're the editor, man. We kind of you kind of nobody created. gives a shit about the editor. I was in a dark editor. corner for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I said Thomas. Talk- Telling the story earlier about how he's trying to edit, and you guys had to do all original music for yeah. you know the video, and you're all recording the music in the living room, and Tom's like trying to fucking edit in the background. It's, it's hard, man. Well, because you, you got home base, and 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 everyone's <laughs> doing their job as fast yeah. as they can to get it done, and and you just got to put up with everything, you know. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot of distractions, and there's a lot of stuff going on. Just got to stay focused and do the best you can. And how many people are are entered into this in just this area. So, I mean, for the Boston one this year, I think there was like 63. Okay. And when I ran into um, the place where you where you hand off your you know your film and something like that, there was one guy that was like, I came in at like, we, we just barely made it. We came in at like 6.57. We had to be there at 7, right? And there was one guy who was who was there trying to talk to the judges and being like, we're running a little late, but you, you can't, you can't, you know, quit on us. I mean, we had 70 people in our film. I mean, there's 63 teams, and we know that one of them has 70 
we had 24. I'm sure there's, you know, other assortments that are between those, you know, mm-hmm. or, or somewhere there. 70 is a little high. But, um, I mean, it's a ton of people. It takes a ton of people to make a film. It's like a small village. It's insane. Yeah. So I know, Tom, this is the first time you've done it, and mm. you've done it Yeah, I edited one two years ago. Okay. And so then you took a year off and then came directed back. this one. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and where where do they do the showings? Oh, and- yes, the showings. So um, this year they're doing it at the Kendall One Cinema in Cambridge, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Cambridge? Um, and that's going to be – what they do is, because there's so many teams, um, they actually have five showings. Oh, wow. Right? Or, or yeah. six showings. So I think we're in Group F, so we're in there's F. at least A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. Um, and so they're screening some this week, and then they stop screening uh, next Monday the 12th, and we're actually showing on the 12th. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so, through the week. So buy your tickets. <laughs> Come on out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy Tom and Dan's film. tickets and, yeah, and watch it. We make a ton of money off of this, don't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I mean. You uh, get paid in in, <laughs> in pleasure and <laughs> enjoyment. Yeah, is that we get paid in pleasure? Yeah. Everybody's going to give you a blowjob at the end. That's what I was hoping for. Yeah, wow. Well, <laughs> Everyone? You know. How did you know I was thinking that? <laughs> Come on. Mind reader. Um, so, oh, I mean, it. since it's Tom, this is your first one, what did you think of the whole experience? Um, it was an interesting experience, that's for certain. And at one point, uh, I was behind the machine, and I think Dan was sitting next to me. It could have been Aaron. I don't even know at this point. Um, but I was like, well, never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my next question. Do you think you'd do it again? <laughs> well, and then I got to the end, and it was, you know, all, all right, you know. Uh, and I felt kind of good afterwards. We're all sitting around yeah. chatting after we submitted the movie, and it was it was nice, you know. It was like, oh well, you know, maybe it was worth all this angst and, uh, and you know, all this pressure. It feels like it feels like you know, war buddies. You know how you like they say yeah. like you never like grow a closer bond with anyone than your war buddy. You know, it kind of felt like that at the end of the yeah. project because you just been through much bullshit or you had to worry about, it. and then it was finally done, and everyone just kind of like. You know, relieved or um, you know, euphoric about it. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's how it is in the studio. Like if I'm working on a full album, like you know, I'm stuck with these people for a prolonged amount of time. Hell yeah, and it is hell. Mm. You know, sitting there for eight hours a day, listening mm. to the same goddamn song over and over again, knowing that you're never ever going to be able to sleep without hearing that song, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, you just get to the point where you record it all, then you're mixing it, and you're like, I just, I never want to fucking hear this ever again, mm-hmm. and I'm so sick of this project. And then you finish it, and you get the final project, and you're like, you know, this is pretty good. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah, at yeah. the end of it, Feels you look good. back, and like, was it worth it? And then yeah. you go, yeah, okay, it was worth it. You know, it was, and you gain uh, experience. Yeah, and you, and you gain you know, friendships, like you said. It's just, uh, there's a camaraderie at the end of it that uh, goes unmatched with doing a lot of other things. Uh, but one of one of the scariest parts of of being the editor is the you know the render right at least for me <laughs> yeah. that's always the scariest fucking part and of course that's always the bullet leaving the gun like where's it gonna hit right <laughs> I mean that's, yeah yeah and um and so it comes time to render I'm already like you know a half hour late than I wanted to be rendering back and forth and well of, <laughs> of course as soon as I export to the renderer the encoder. Uh, just crashes. <laughs> just fucking it's, crashes like it's two minutes. The in. worst noise too. It's the it's the sheep from yeah. the window. <laughs> yeah, it's the, what was that? <laughs> oh my god! The yeah. Adobe Media Encoder fuck up. It's like you idiot. 
You feel sheepish now. It's bah. everyone heard it in the whole house. <laughs> house it like, just echoed through the hallways. Everyone knows what it means. It's like, <laughs> like oh, the whole house shit. went silent and looked at Tom. Yeah. It's like it's like those 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 horns on Game of Thrones on the wall oh. where you hear that where you hear it in the distance, you're like, Oh my god, god. they're here. Wildlings. Yeah, and, I have uh, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's your problem, man. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we just eventually we resolved the issue, I guess. <laughs> just tried it again, and yeah. it just worked. <laughs> Don't you uh, love that? But the whole time you're watching it, like, come on. Dude, yeah. we were sitting there, and uh, uh, Ryan Convery, also a friend of the show, he was there as well. He was the DP on the production, and and we're sitting there, and he's got his, like, maps up, and he's updating it every two minutes, like, oh. We're going to get there at 6.57. We're going to get there at 6.57. <laughs> and we're like, how much time is on the renderer? It's like, oh, there's like four minutes left. Six, 7.01. We're going to be late. <laughs> but uh, renderer made it out. And, Holy uh, hell. And all was well. We got it in on time. You know, it was because I went with Aaron to drop it off. Right? Yeah, yeah. How'd that go? I don't even... It was like a scene from the town when the botched <laughs> robbery, right? Where they're driving through Whipping Charlestown, through the right? North End, yeah. Holy shit! He was, and he we were in a van. He's got his parents because we're like, so he's like swerving and, and turning in and out on, on ninety five or going off a Sturrow Drive, and he's honking. Oh my god, it was. I, I was scared. Meanwhile, I'm burning the backup, the DVD, and I'm like, I'm like, like it's not burning properly. He's like, press enter. God damn it, press enter. <laughs> Ah, you should yeah. have filmed that. Yeah, oh, yeah it was right. insane. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So now they, Tom, <laughs> whoa. That was cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, my my beer just jizzed. Uh, <laughs> um, that ain't beer. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, that's my dick. Oh, man, is that what I've been holding this Jimmy. whole time? I can't really see under the table here. So. Oh, um, gross. So now that you've done this, Tom, and yep. you've been an editor, would you want to do it again but have a different role? Um, I I think so. Actually, we were talking about if we would ever do it. again Do you think earlier. you want to like kill Dan and take over the director role? Or that was kind of part of the plan. I'm a little disappointed <laughs> you spoiled that for me. Um, now he's savvy. Uh, no, but I would like to. I, I'm not sure if I'd want to ever edit someone else's 48 hour project ever again. Uh, that Too much was, pressure. That was a lot of pressure. There, there was a lot, and, and so so my timeline was like like you were saying, it didn't burn everyone out all right away. So I showed up at the home base uh, Saturday evening at about 7 p.m. And I didn't get to sleep until about 6 or 7 in the morning. Jesus Christ. So I was literally behind the machine for about 12 hours. And in the meantime, uh, my machine shut down, restarted itself, uh, then got shut down again. And so I had to check my volume drive. So (laughs) the thing slowed down for about three hours. So it was checking (laughs) volumes. Um, and so I, I spent on the machine for about 12 hours, slept for two hours, woke you know, up at I, nine I and went straight to six. I teach you how to uh, cancel the volume check, right? I had already... Uh, Figured it out? Well, yeah, it was a little too late. Yeah. I, was, I was just waiting for it. Yeah. And plus, I, I like to be safe. I hate to cancel those kinds of things, you know, because if there's something wrong. Yeah, you know, but like... What I'm I, rated. What but... I usually do is uh, I've had that problem where um, the computer will crash and then it tries to check the volumes and I can't record anything because the, the, the disk read right... Rate it's not quick enough so for it slow, to, yeah. to write audio to the drive, so I was like, "What the fuck?" So I had to start telling people, "Oh, we can't record because the drive's not working." But then I figured out how to cancel it, and then once they're gone, then I could just run it 
manually overnight. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, later. Yeah. That's later not a bad on. idea. That would have been handy. That would have uh... A nice <laughs> tech tip for you people out there. Yeah, that would have sped stuff up a little bit. But then, yeah, I added it from 9 to about uh, 6, 6 to 15 or so. So it was... And what kept you going? What kept me going? Um, Did you have some coffee, Red Bull? Uh, I don't drink Red Bull. Adrenaline. I don't drink, I don't drink Five Hour Energy. I don't drink those things. I don't things. trust those things either. I don't trust them. We did have about 115 hours worth of energy on the counter <laughs> that I decided to not That no one in. had. Nobody took it. It was insane because you figured this type of people would be all oh, about yeah. the energy drinks. Mm. Well, no. I, I found it funny that um, Red Bull is now advertising sugar-free Red Bull. When and as that's the only natural fucking thing in Red Bull, and they just took it out. Like the only natural energizer on this planet. Here's like, this. Yeah. Here's this synthetic drink. Drink, drink chemicals. Um, well, I mean, most of the shit you put in your body is caviar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, so I mean, I didn't do any Red Bull. I, I had you know a couple cups of coffee in the morning, but the night I got there, I was just up, just up the whole time, uh, organizing footage. But I. <laughs> You know, I just I felt myself get slower and slower yeah. as the morning <laughs> approached. I was just like taking it took me like ten minutes to sync a clip, just tapping stuff, and then I'd like put my head down for a couple minutes. And I'd come back up and I'd finish. <laughs> I was like, all right. And I had to kick Aaron out of his room so I could sleep in his bed. It's <laughs> like, I gotta I gotta go to bed. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> go finish editing this for me. I don't wanna do it anymore. Um, but I mean all all ended pretty well, I'd say. For the most part, as far as process goes, well, Dan, what do you think? Process. I mean, there are things I like to change. Of course. You know, like well, let's hear it. I think I feel like I feel like on the post production side, um, you kind of got the shaft because we had to we had to we had to shoot in Sutton, which is about an hour and a half away from where you were editing, right? Oh wow! Which wasn't the plan. The plan was actually to be home base and be recording in Medford, around mm. Medford, right? Mm-hmm. And so, all while he's editing, he's pretty much alone. Or the music guy who's just like, you know, rock it out to, you know, whatever he wants to do, right? It's like not a pleasant thing. So I think co-editors is good because if you need to get some sleep, because yeah. you do slow down. I mean, it, it, you can only pro- you can only do so much mental processing for, you know, that period of time before you just start to totally bog down. Oh, yeah. And so bringing on someone fresh to co-edit and then finishing up with you two together would have been so much better. Just better to have somebody. Yeah. If, if, That's one of the things. If there was... Definitely two of us. I would have made life easy because one of us could have been we we could have both been sinking at the same time, kind mm-hmm. of like uh, front to back, back to front, like, and then just meet in the middle, uh, and then we could have just started to to put pieces together, and then, like you said, just take breaks, rotate, yep, do a couple shifts, and uh, and get it done. Uh, yeah, I think a simpler story would have been easier to shoot. Might have been more. Might have looked better because we had to shoot so many scenes for this one. It was mm. rather ambitious, I believe it was. It was an ambitious script when I read um, it. So it was ambitious. And I think we pulled off everything that we needed to, whether there's some small things that um, need to change up, whether it's transi- transitions in between scenes and mm. maybe coming down, spending more time in post-production, at least give more time editing by handing you footage quicker. Or putting more music where it needs to be, or oh yeah, yeah. I mean, or mixing audio. I mean, that's half the movie. So I mean, um, yeah, that's. I wish we had more time to do that because we spent an hour mixing audio, which is not the right thing to do. Oh no, at all. That's you want to be mixing as soon as a scene gets locked. You want to get that out for mix right away. But we weren't locking scenes in until four on Sunday, three four o'clock. You know, we weren't locking anything in, so makes it difficult for the person who sound mixes. You know, they got to do a quick pass. You know, uh, we didn't. You know, have any time for color, so I had to do a really fast color pass. You know, I didn't have time, and there's all those little details that you do at the end of stuff that gets taken away from you 
a little bit in this process. Yeah. Um, all those finishing steps, those smooths, the smoothing out and the cleaning up. Mm. Um, yeah, all that was uh, was taken away. So on a on a on a final note here, um, just to wrap up before we move on to the next segment, what do you guys think? How do you overall? How do you think it came out? I mean, I watched it, and as an outsider who has not that much experience with video, other than you know what I've been exposed to with Tom and doing audio and stuff, I thought it came out pretty good. Well, I mean. I think uh, I, I think you know I'm proud that we got so much accomplished in such a little bit of time. There are scenes there that are that are awesome. I think uh, technically, if we could have refined it a little bit better, a little bit more, um, it'd be uh, a lot better. And what I mean by refine it is, you know, I don't mean reshooting or redoing anything, redoing anything on that sense. But like in post production, we could have refined it more if we had just oh, had yeah. more time. And I think uh, yeah. what we should have done is actually written something simpler, something with less scenes to give ourselves more time to do that on the back end. And I think it would have been, you know, I think it, I think it's good. I think it would, it would have been just that much better if we just plan, if we plan better. Um, and that's, you know, that's my fault as a director. So I mean, but other than no that, fault. I thought it was good. That it was good. I think yeah. it's Tom's fault. You know? I think one thing that's really cool is about it, and what I really like about it is that I don't think. You're going to see anything else like it there. I can agree with that. Yeah. And I really do like the fact that we tried to do, I mean, we used, we used weapons, we used blood, we used fire. We had a decent sized crew for the short amount of time, got all that together. Um, you know, and I thought we pulled it off. We, we finished it to what we, we could. Yeah. I thought that was great. All while working with new you know, people we've never worked with before. Yeah, that, that was amazing. You know? And just, you know, we had so many things um, go our way. Um, you know, and people got together and thought it was just really, uh, thought it worked out really well. So, yeah. If you were to, if you were to, uh, give a piece of advice to someone who's never done one before was about to do it, just one thing, what would you tell them? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it all comes down to simplifying it. Right. And so what you want to try to do is find a balance because with a lot of these, well, a lot of these films is, I mean, me as a filmmaker, as I, I try to do, you know, things that I know I can do and things that are different and I haven't seen before. So uh, you still keep that mentality going through the 48. You just have to, like, make it simpler as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of Well, you like use the foundation that you know, then add yeah. little, little trinkets. You know, and I'd say, you know, I, I bet you a lot of the when we go to the screening, right? And I, I, I'm going to have a great time when we go to the screening. I know I'm going to laugh because a lot of people do comedies when they do this. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. But I, I'm going to go. I think we're going to be one of the only serious films. Or at least not serious, but... Dramatic pieces. Yeah, it's not well, a serious film. By not any not means, serious, but, like, but something that doesn't rely on comedy. Yeah, and because we, we can't hide behind that. Yeah, I think a lot of people hide behind that, and that because you do that, you don't you don't separate yourself. Mm. Whether separating yourself is good or bad. Yeah, because <laughs> it, 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 you know you can get in trouble. But uh, you know, um, I think that's uh, valid in itself. Yeah, right. comedy is safe because it's uh, subjective. Yeah. True. Yeah, because you're laughing at that, not the production. Mm. So, what you see. All right, let's move on to... All right, this week's Picks of the Week are brought to you by Pete Slinger's Breast Slenders. Oh, yeah, what's that product? It's, um, well, well, it's actually a bra, um, and what it does is it, you know, covers your breast, but what it does is it reveals just a slender of it. Okay. You know? What is the slender? What's the, what's the slender of a breast? Yeah. It's the part that's right above the nipple 
to the left. <laughs> Even on the right side? No, that one's to the right. Okay. Uh, all right. For those of you who don't know what picks of the week are, it's when we go around the table and we talk about things. Media really. <laughs> talk I, about some stuff. Go. Yeah, no, I mean, we don't have a, 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 it's not distinguished anymore. I don't even know what the hell to say. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. It's a book. It's a TV show. It's an album. That's it's crazy. You guys are usually on top of things. I mean, this is, oh, this yeah. is chaos here. This is complete chaos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Complete chaos. Complete chaos. That that that, All right. that, that is chaos. Jesus. <laughs> 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 Very nice. You just you gotta throw it in there. Um I'm gonna start today, damn it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh Isis. Uh the album is called Celestial. It's uh, one of their earlier albums. Um and it actually just got released again last year as a remaster. Which um, they're actually re-releasing Panopticon um, this year, I think too. Um, but Celestial's very raw and driving, and uh, very distortion-driven and yelling vocals. Uh, very raw energy kind of album. Which is um, there's still some of that in their newer albums, but as you kind of progress through their catalog, it kind of gets a little more balanced. Like there's the heavy parts. Um, but there's still, uh, well, there's still heavy parts, but then he throws in a lot more, uh, melodic elements. Um, you know, it's, it's just a, you, you progress as a band. Yeah. But it's still cool to go back and listen to that kind of raw album. And so check it out. Some bitchin' songs on there. What's the benefit? I mean, baseline, it's better, but why remaster something? Just better technology, I think. Uh, all right. And just to kind of go back and better technology, better money, better planning, I think. Because you'd figure when these bands first start coming out, they're just like, oh, we want to get this done. We want to get mastered. We want to get it out. Mm. Now that it's been out and they're kind of focusing more on the listener experience, uh, they probably want to go back and do a remaster. All right. Bring out a little more uh, dynamic to the to the album. Yes. Okay. So it's not just like uh, squeezing the cloth for right. as much money as they right. can get out no, of those songs. I, they actually. I was gonna say. Well, there's a certain point where if a band's gonna remaster something, uh, then it was it's just for the betterment of the music as opposed to just right. you know, remix. This is a, it's about with them. It's about the listener experience. Mm, definitely. Um, and Aaron Turner explained it. And he was talking about it, or was it Aaron? It was one of the guys in the band was talking about. Uh, why they kind of wanted to go back and remaster it. And even they were like, wow, you know, this is different. It's a f- fresh listen, you know. It's stimulates you a little more. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. You guys want to fight to the death for the next? Uh... I do it as media, right? Whatever you want. I'm going to say uh, Mono's Hymn to the Immortal Wind. What's that? Mono is a is an instrumental band, S- like. similar to Isis, Pelican, that kind of thing. Are you familiar with Mono? Yeah, I know Mono. Oh, love them. Um, that post, it's like post rock. Yeah, yeah. But like post. They call it, yeah. I think they call it post prog rock. Yeah. Whatever oh, that means. Yeah, it's genre than a genre. It's <laughs> crazy. I love all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I really like the album. It uh, they're they're a Japanese band, right? I believe. And uh, yeah, well, they are. And <laughs> Jimmy, you don't know shit, um, man. I don't. You know, it's just like these these slow build instrumentals with guitar and drums, and they Love do that. incorporate incorporate some uh, orchestral stuff in there. But it's just a great place to uh, 
put you in a in a in a place, I guess you could say. Um, you know, and this album's really cool because it just kind of flows within to itself, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got these these long instrumentals, and then at some points, I feel like it just it becomes really big and epic, and then it bring comes down and you really gets really small. It almost feels like you're you're with this like Spanish guitar in a small pub. You know, it gets that it gets that small. Yeah. And then it slowly builds up, but it's just you know it's just a great ride when you're yeah. if you have time to listen to it all the way through. It's funny that you're talking about how you brought up Spanish pub because I was going to say the best. I find that the best thing about instrumental albums like that is you don't have the lyrics to paint a picture for you. I love it. You're, you're building oh, I mean, a picture in your mind based oh, yeah. on music. What you're where you're hearing musically. I my my wife and you know I love my wife right, but her, her mother says the same thing right. I love her too. But uh, but like you just, I just feel like it's it's such a re- uh, refresher, and I hope I'm not getting too like philosophical. But just like you're constantly like bombarded with lyrics, by, or like ways you're supposed to think. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's by music or when you drive to work, you see all these ads, and yep. or you're watching television. You know, you, you watch your shows that you love. You're always being told to think, and so when you put on something like mono and instrumental, you're like free to go where you want to, or or you're free to be guided to go where you want to. And I I just really enjoy that. Yeah. Nicely said. Yeah, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to give them a listen. They're great. I love you, them. Uh, you had uh, you were listening to another band on Spotify that I just listened to. That it's in the same oh. genre. What's that? This will destroy you. This will destroy you. You listen to them. I've heard the name. I haven't listened. Yeah, they get a little heavier at the end of their songs. Yeah, I like it. But um, but they did the same thing, and it's really good. Yeah, yeah I was digging that. And then you have explosions in the sky. I love explosions, in the which sky. are which are getting bigger now. Yeah, they just did um. Uh, Lone Survivor. They just did the full entire soundtrack for that, which I'm hmm. kind of like, okay, that's good. But um, you know, they're just they're an interesting band around the same realms right there. Um, are you familiar with Caspian? Yeah, Caspian's awesome. Caspian's awesome. Tyler Work turned me on to those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just great editing. I music. think I turned him onto them. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, because <laughs> I I did Caspian as one of my picks. Picks. I maybe week. maybe he knew about it before. I don't know. Uh, then also Pelican is a good one too. I don't know Pelican's if heard great. Pelican. I did Caspian. I haven't heard Pelican yet. Yeah, check out some Pelican. It's a lot heavier, driven kind of stuff. It is droney, but it's good. Okay. okay. I think I prefer Pelican to Isis. Really? I do. Yeah. I don't know. They've got such a good touch. Yeah. I like their sound. It's full yet uh, isolated. What do you got, Tommy? Uh, I'm going to go with a show this week, and it might be uh, a bit uh, presumptuous of me to pick it, but uh, I'm going to go, we just started Deadwood, the HBO series that came out, I think, back in 04, so I mean, it's not really news, and and I'm not even sure how much I really like it yet, <laughs> but I'm going to pick it anyway, because it's it's new to me. I was going to say, speaking of you not knowing if you like it or not, what about that show you're watching with the girls... Broad City. Broad City. How, how do you feel about that? I thought you were going to say girls. <laughs> <laughs> girls? Yes. Uh, no, I, when I when I brought up Broad City last time, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago, I don't remember. Um, I When the show had started, I didn't know if I just thought they were hilarious or if I fucking hated them with all my heart. Like I Did couldn't, you make a decision? I, by the end of the series, I thought they were hilarious. Like the I whole fu- series. I, well, every every episode, there's ten episodes on the, in the first season, and every episode it was they were they got funnier and funnier, and they fell more into place with their characters, and their writing was funny, and they they, they have side characters. Uh, you know, uh, Hannibal Burress is is on that show. He he likes those girls and uh, the girls, and uh, they incorporated him a bit more, and he was very funny, uh, and so they did a really good job. I'm not sure how. Hands on they are in the writing room. I'm sure they are pretty hands on. It's their story. It's their it's their thing. 
and uh, and then in the end, I thought I I really enjoyed it. I'm actually excited for the second season. Um, Sorry, but back to your pick. but back to Deadwood, uh, <laughs> my pick of the week this week, not four weeks ago. Um, so this is it's a it's a western, right? 1860s, you know, gold gold rush era in Deadwood. Um, Timothy Oliphant is in it. Uh, Ian McShane, a lot, some really good actors. Um, and it's it's right now. I'm like I'm like I said, I barely started this show. Uh, I'm maybe four or five episodes in. But I'm liking it, but I don't know how long it's going to hold up because what I hear about the show is that it just ends with no story resolution. After season three, they didn't wind the story down. They assumed they were coming back. HBO pulled it, and so that's this hanging storyline. That sucks. Which which makes me, you know, I'm I'm apprehensive Tom, to start a angry. show like that. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm apprehensive to start a show like that because why am I going to go through this journey with no resolution? Because, uh, you know, when I, I I defend the end of shows, um, finales just traditionally get shit talked, I think, just because they're over and they're finales and they're very easy to pick on. Uh, if a finale truly sucks, I will admit it, but the writers are ending that story the way they, they feel is best for their characters and they feel is best for the story. And if you can't appreciate that as someone who's been along that journey uh, on on the show... Uh, especially if you've really loved the show up until the finale. And I always use Lost as, as an example for people who hated the Lost finale. I hate it. Yeah, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, it's it's like I understand if you dislike it and you didn't I agree didn't, with I it. I didn't hate it. I didn't I didn't. I didn't agree with it. But that's that's fine, and that's completely in your right as a viewer, but to then go, oh, that fucking show Lost went, sucked. That show no, sucked. No, that show just went all over the fucking place. I, I thought the show... Where everyone says the show went all over the place is when I felt it hit its stride. You what, know what? When it turned into a magical fucking time-traveling island? Season five, yes. <laughs> That's like the best part. Can I get my shit in with Lost here? Absolutely. One thing that bothered me about Lost, right, and, t- and this is my own thing, is that I didn't find it rewarding. You, you weren't rewarded by that end? You didn't feel? No. All I, right. remember, I remember watching the, <laughs> the Jimmy Kimmel down. clip. Put the knife down. And he pans to the audience <laughs> and people are crying and I'm like, no, fuck you. This is not this is not something you cry over. No, it is. This spoiler is alert. I go take coming. a dump over. Uh, spoiler alert coming. I'm gonna ruin the end. You so know, if you didn't watch Lost, I'm gonna say well, what happened. Well, to the you end. had enough time, so go well, for it. He, <laughs> I, I was gonna say it was a testament to Lost because you know, I don't feel rewarded. Just because they, they hooked you so well. They oh, hooked yeah. you so Better well. Better than any other show has ever hooked anyone, I think. Besides maybe Game of Thrones. But at the end of the show. When Jack dies, sacrificing himself uh, to get everyone else off the island, uh, and the show goes full circle with the moment the show starts with... That was pretty cool. Eye opening, and then the show ends with the eye closing. Are you shitting me? Can we not get more of a full story out of Jack Shepard than that? The the big reward for me... So should the show have been called The Adventures of Jack Shepard? No, because the whole show was Jack lost and then finally... Not being lost at the end of the show anymore. Uh, he was and then Jack offed. Did he's he? dead. <laughs> Jack off. I yeah. get it because he masturbated yeah. and then died. Yeah, I understand. All right. Um, <laughs> do we want to play a game? Yeah. Okay. I'll just stop defending Lost. Do we want to play a game? Yeah, we can we're play running game. short on time. We're gonna make it quick. All right. Let's make it real quick. All right. We're gonna play. Is that fucked up or what? 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 All right, we're going to play Is That Fucked Up or What? And that's when uh, 
We come up with a topic and we try to rationalize it. Actually, Tommy's going to run with this one today. I'm going to run with this one because I got a text from a good friend of mine. Um... <laughs> you gonna give us the backstory? I'll spare you the details of the backstory, but it got me thinking. It got me thinking. You know, a MILF was involved, and we all know what a MILF is, right? And I want to know. I want to know the the moment. I want to know <laughs> the moment. When when is the moment that a MILF becomes a cougar? And when is it the moment that a man does not receive an achievement? <laughs> For overcoming the MILF. <laughs> for taming the MILF? Yeah, when, when he doesn't receive 15 gamer points for the achievement. Hmm. So, uh. so, yeah, when, when do you cusp into Cougar? I know you had some thoughts on this, Dan. Yep. I mean, I, mean, I, I, would, I, I don't like my answer, but it, I, it, I it agree with you, though. It's 40. Yeah, 40. 40. 40 is Cougar? Is when you become a Cougar. Now, is Cougar all but in the, the visuals? Thing, but, but wait, there's a range because if you're 39 and you're banging a 40 year old, that's not a cougar because well, and th- that's what goes back to the milk so conversation. So I'd say I'd say a cougar is somebody who's uh, banging a guy half their age. I was gonna say, is it about the age difference more than the actual age? I think so. Is that more what it's more? Because like you can you can be 33 or 33 years old and have intercourse with a milf. Well, what is the definition of a cougar? Because I think we're getting our uh, definition here across. I thought I think a cougar is a, a woman who wants to have sex with a younger male. So the woman's on the prowl. Yes. That's why she's yeah. a cougar. Well, okay. And, and, and a know, cougar doesn't you know, have to be a milf. You know what they call a very old woman who's trying to have sex with a younger male? What? A snow leopard. Snow oh. leopard. Oh, my God. So we have three tiers? I, I there's, there's a whole bunch of them if you, if you look them up. Oh, see, so this is where I'm not as educated, you know. So this is where I, where this is where I lose it. But th- I just was curious as to, you know, a 30 year old man can have intercourse with a milf who is 30 years old. But is that necessarily isn't isn't that just having sex with an attractive person yeah, at I the think same age a, who happens to have as, a child? I think as a male, once you pass 30, I think it's just whatever. It's just whatever. But 30 year olds can still be cooged. Yeah, maybe if the they? woman. Maybe if the woman's like 50. 60 or yeah, 50 or Does 60. it have to be twice your age to be a cougar? I'm going to go with math? that. I'm going to twice go the age? No, 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 somebody, no, 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 somebody, no, I don't no, think that's no, right. So, I somebody think once told me a mathematical formula for for the age you're allowed to have sex with. It's half your age plus 7. Oh, that's, wow. That's as low as you can go. To, to, well, okay, so so someone's 50 years old, for, for they can men? have sex with a 32-year-old. Correct. And that's okay. Yes. <laughs> is that fifty-year-old person not a cougar if it's a uh, an older woman and a younger I'd, man? I'd still think it's a cougar. I would I say if I a thirty-two if a thirty-two-year-old man had sex with a fifty-year-old woman, woman, I am calling that a cougar. I I agree. Wait, if a what man? Thirty-two-year-old man. Yeah. Intercourses with a fifty-year-old woman. Yeah. And I'm like, not. You're not calling that a coug? No, because it's you know I you know I grew up in the day where a cougar used to mean something. Uh, right. What? Okay. Or like. Like that that happens too much. You know, you got the forty two to the fifty. That's that's nothing special. Thirty two to fifty. That's oh. eighteen years. Oh yeah, no, you're yeah, that's, that's the that's the <laughs> life of a <laughs> high schooler. <laughs> just bad. a misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, forty two and fifty, you're just you're yeah, in nothing. the same pool. You know? I mean that's nothing exactly. You know. I think I th- I wanna say there's another one uh, a lynx. I, Jesus. I think it's a lynx. How many cats are there? No, there's a bunch of them. I think it's the lynx. It might not be, but a lynx is a woman who does not need a man. 
Oh, just like I don't need uh, a man. Yeah, I, she's an independent, you know, self self sufficient woman. She doesn't need a man. Excellent. You don't try to go after those. You don't. You don't go after the links. Rip your face off. Ah, very nice. That's All good. right, I respect that. So we come to the consensus. I'm still confused. When when does a milf become uh, a cougar or like when that's when the when, whole, when, true it, when is it not like 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 if I'd I was younger 40. I'd be high fiving my friend if he like had sex with a milf right now I'm thirty I'm just like ah, you know what happens yeah so when is that time like when is that time period where like you do not get props for um you know doing I say a when milf. a man exact turns dilemma. thirty and after a woman turns forty. See, I think they cut off to like twenty six or twenty five. All right, twenty five. So twenty seven, a twenty seven year old man. Yeah. Um, you know, pursuing a thirty nine year old milf. You don't think that's impressive? No, I do think that's impressive. Well, so I also was wrong. <laughs> well, also, you know, not all cougars are milfs, and not all milfs become cougars. Let's just let that be known. All right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, if you, if <laughs> any way to objectify anything was, else I, in this world? I was going to say, if you'd like to chime in on this, because this is interesting, go ahead. Leave us some leave us some feedback on the website, on our Facebook. Let us know what you think. Uh, you've been listening to the Studio Seller. If you'd like more information, please navigate on over to www.facebook.com/slash/thestudioseller or www.thestudioseller.com. We are on YouTube. The Studio Seller. We yeah. are on um, Twitter at the Studio Seller. Uh, we are on iTunes. Uh, Tom and I did some did some work over the past couple of weeks. We're now on Stitcher, iPodder, BlackBerry, TuneIn, TuneIn Radio. Uh, we're on Double Twist now. Double Twist. Yeah, we're all over the. We're place We're on tons now. of podcatchers. So fucking listen for Christ's sake. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, uh, Dan. Is there anything you want to plug? Nope. No, nothing. <laughs> you don't want it. I've been plugging the forty-eight for a couple of weeks, yeah, I mean, so now I got nothing. Been, you've just been plugging the forty-eight. You know, um, I'm I'm good. I think I'm I'm content with my life right now. All right, good Tom? job. Yeah. No, I've got, I'm out of plugs. Plugless in Seattle. I'm plugless in Seattle this week. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and plug the studio www.turbulentstudios.com, facebook.com slash turbulent studios. I've actually been working with uh Ron and Jeff from PSG and mm. Davey Moore, a uh, friend of the studio seller. Uh he's been uh their manager uh over the past couple of weeks. Oh and, cool. Uh, they're actually that. working on some kind of side project. I played drums on it. Oh great. Uh, that'll be coming out soon. We're trying to get it on the radio, so we'll see what happens there. Awesome. Yep. Well, how's Adapter Adapter going? Good, good, good. We played two shows so far. Been yep. pre- pretty good. Made some dough. Yeah, I went to the Fat Squirrel. Saw you yep. guys. Yeah, yeah, we but... talked about that with uh, Ryan as well. We did. And then uh, we got a show coming up on the 31st at Casey's Tap. And then, Oh, really? Um, we're going to be playing at uh, Cassie's in Attleboro. Really? On the 24th. I think, whatever that Saturday is. Okay. I, mean, uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Anyways, I'm Jim. I'm Tom. And remember, you don't need drugs and alcohol to have a good time, but goddamn, does it help. So, yeah. It's finished 48, right? And is it weird that, like, I, ever since I finished the 48, I have just had a craving for some wings? Really? I just want to fucking eat wings. I had day. wings last night. Where'd you go? Uh, uh, Doherty's. Oh, you went to Doherty's. Oh, 25, went, 25 cent wings. Very oh. nice. We should go to uh, Boneyard soon. Yeah, uh, I wanted to. Where's Seekonk? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I totally want to go to Boneyard. We should go to Boneyard.
Do the good stuff here. Taboneyard. Taboneyard tonight. So, yeah. Are we still talking? Or is that done? That's, that's it. Okay.